Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 24 of Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a very special episode. Because, Andrew, the NFL is winding down. We have three weeks left of the regular season. And we've actually already had a couple of games this week. So we are just left with two full weeks. Andrew, the NFL is winding down like crazy. I can't believe the season is almost, is almost over. It feels like it just started. We are really learning how these playoffs are going to show out. And, Andrew, I would be lying... If I didn't say it was absolute chaos. The NFC. There's so many teams in the wild card picture. The teams at the top. There's four teams tied for first. We don't know what's going on. In the AFC. It's super close to the top. There's 30 teams combining for the wild card. Every division is super close. And the NFL is crazy right now. We have to jump right in immediately. Andrew, before we look at the playoff picture, we got to look at some of the important things that happened last week. And Andrew, one game that I don't think a single person in the world gave a second thought about in the NFC was the worst team in the league, Lions, playing the best team in the league, Cardinals. But, Andrew, the Lions pulled the upset. Now, yes, this is important, but for the playoff picture, it doesn't really matter for the Lions since they were eliminated. But, Andrew, for the Cardinals, this is a big loss. They're just slightly ahead of the Rams in their division. And then, in the entire picture of the NFC, it is everyone is very close. It is neck and neck at the top of that. So it's a big loss to the Cardinals is the Cardinals played last night, which was a very important game for them. And Andrew, what we have to talk about too is that the Saints play the Bucks. Now, this is a very important game for both teams, but for completely different reasons. Now, they are in the same division, but this didn't matter for either team in that division. The Buccaneers have easily secured first, and the Saints are not going to get first place. But Andrew, the Saints are right on the cusp of the wildcard spot, and the Buccaneers are right in the fight for the number one seed in the entire NFC. This was a very important game. And Andrew, every single thing possible went wrong for the Buccaneers that couldn't make any difference. Andrew, when you look at the Buccaneers team, you say their offense is incredible because of studs. You've got Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Leonard Fournette on the offense. All should be pro bowlers. But Andrew, earlier in the game, Chris Godwin got injured. Mike Evans got injured. And Leonard Fournette got injured. Now, they all have varying injuries on different levels of severity. The worst injury was Chris Godwin, the wide receiver, who sadly tore his ACL. And if you know about football, that is the worst possible injury, basically, for an NFL player to have, which means they're guaranteed out approximately about six months, or about four to six months or so, and could be a little bit longer, could be a little bit shorter, but again, Definitely out for the regular season, and again, close to next year's season, we will have to watch his status, since we are close to the end of this current season. And Andrew, the second worst in the middle was Leonard Fournette. Now, Leonard Fournette might be back for the playoffs, but Andrew, he's placed on injured reserve, which means he'll miss a minimum of three games, and with only three games to play, that means he will miss the remainder of the regular season. But if he's back for the playoffs, I don't really see it mean a lot for this team, as they still have decent backup running back, Ronald Jones Jr., who could help them. And Andrew, the least severe was Mike Evans, who was barely ruled out for this week. I would say he has a decent chance to play next week, and I would say he would definitely be back by the playoffs, which the Buccaneers are almost definitely going to make unless they lose every game. But Andrew, what do you think this means for the Buccaneers to lose this much talent? I mean, Ryan, this is going to be big for them, because for the rest of their season, right now they're 10-4, that is tied with the Cardinals, Rams, and the Cowboys. Only the Packers, who are right now one and a half games over them, or above them, so they would be the one seed, okay? Then you have the Cardinals, okay, or the Rams, you have one or the other, and you have the Cowboys, and then the Cardinals, who started out, I think it was 8-0, are now, I believe, 2-4 and four in the last six games. Ryan, that's... I think that's even worse than the Lions' record over the last six games, which is surprising, even though they did beat them. But when you look at the NFC, something that you look have to look at is just who do you want to play in the playoffs? I mean, in my opinion, there are five spots that are okay for you to be in. That's the one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed, or five seed. Because the 5v4 game, that's going to be a good game. It's going to be the worst out of the Cowboys, the Cardinals, or... The Rams versus the Cardinals or the Rams are probably going to play each other, to be honest. But that should be interesting. Brian, the Packers, if they get the one seed, they get a bye. And then they get to play the winner of the 4-5 game. That's huge. So, 
But in my opinion, Saturday, I think the Packers have all but wrapped that up. Ryan, on Saturday night, we saw them have a close call against the Browns, but some terrible play by Baker Mayfield basically said, I will not let us win this game against you, played by Baker Mayfield, let the Packers almost all let secure that number one seed. Ryan, tell me, what are your predictions for the NFC playoff picture? And also, talk me through what's going to happen with the wildcards, because last week it was super close. We had a bunch of teams who were 7-8, and eight, like the Vikings, the Saints, the Panthers, the uh, Eagles, the Washington football team. Ryan, what's going to happen at the end of the season? Yeah, Andrew, this NFC is absolutely crazy. As we've been saying, I'd say probably for the last three to four weeks, the top five seeds are all but locked up in the... And this is completely out of order. The Rams, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, and the Packers. The order is unknown. It'll most likely be unknown until the final season, uh, until the final week of the season. But for right now, that's basically all but locked up. Andrew, after that, again, we're getting a little bit more clear of a picture on what the next teams are that are, com- that are competing for the wild card. It's still not that clear, though. We still don't have an amazing understanding of what the teams are going to be that are in the wild card, that are in contention for the wild card. We see right now, of all the teams after those top five, we see the 49ers are a sole half or are sole half a game ahead of the of the Saints. Now the 49ers are eight and seven, still yet to or who played this week, Andrew, but they lost. The 49ers lost their game on Thursday night football against the Titans which means they're only half a game ahead of the Saints, half a game ahead of the Vikings, and half a game ahead of the Eagles. So, in my opinion, it basically looks like it's down to the 49ers, the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Saints. Now, Andrew, each team has a very unique time coming up. Let's look at the 49ers, who have just three games, who have just two games left now. Now, Andrew, to finish off the solid season for the Niners, they play the Texans, which is a very, very easy win. And in the last week, they play the Rams. Now, Andrew, the question will become, are, what are the Rams playing for? If the Rams are playing for the number one seed or the number two seed, they might try very hard, which will give the 49ers a very challenging time to win. But if the Rams aren't playing for anything, the 49ers could easily win that game, and they could have a pretty easily time to get that number one wildcard spot. So I'd have to say the 49ers have a good shot to make the wild card because right now, even if all the other teams win, even if the Saints, Vikings, or Eagles wins, no matter of the tiebreakers, the 49ers are still getting, they still have the sixth best record in the NFC, which is good enough for a wild card spot. So I'd like the 49ers to make the playoffs. I'm saying that. Now, Andrew, when we look at the rest of the teams, again, I said there's three other teams that are all tied right now. The Eagles the Saints, and the Vikings. Now, when we look at the upcoming schedule, again, there's three games left. 3-0, you're definitely going to make it. 2-1, you have a good chance. 1-2, you're going to need help. 0-3, you're definitely not going to make it. So let's look at these three teams. Andrew, when we look at the Eagles, there are three games left. They have the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Washington football team. This is a team that, again, one game could make or break their season. Because they're almost definitely going to beat the Giants. And I can sincerely doubt they're going to beat the Cowboys, which put them at 1-1. One and one. So that game against the Washington football team going to be very key. Again, as I said, if you're 2-1, and one, you have a decent chance, but not perfect. So they, I think, will end up being 2-1. and one, But again, that's good, but not perfect. When we look at the Vikings, Andrew, the Vikings, sadly, for Minnesota fans, they probably have the toughest chance. Andrew, the Vikings have been prone to up being upset and pulling upsets the entire year. But Andrew, this week, the Vikings play the Rams, which is a very tough game. And then the week after, we play the Packers, which is almost a definite loss. And that's two losses right there. Even if, some, even if we do beat the Bears in week 17, which I think the Vikings will be able to, the Vikings are still 1-2. and two, That's probably not good enough. But Andrew, with one spot left between the Eagles, Vikings, and the Saints... I think it's got to go to the Saints. And you know why? Because of their schedule. Andrew, when you look at the Saints, yes, they are tied with all the other teams. But from now on, they have the Dolphins, who they have a better record than. And I think, and they have the same record then. But I think it's pretty safe to say the Saints would be a better team. But Andrew, big problem for the Saints this week. 
Taysom Hill is out for the game. Their starting quarterback is out for the game. Now, already, he's not a great quarterback. But again, it stinks to lose your starter. Who knows all your plays, who all the players have a good um, connection with, and everyone knows each other. So now they'll be starting rookie Ian Book. Book wasn't even that good in college. He couldn't leave it. He couldn't even lead a decent team. You think he's really going to be able to lead a team with pretty bad wide receivers against maybe the best defense in the league when his team needs a win? A lot of pressure on a young fella. Let's see if he can live up to it. This game could make or break their season. When you look at the Saints next game, they play the Panthers, who stink. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. Their quarterback game stinks. We don't know what's going to happen there, but I think it's pretty safe to say the Saints will win that. And then Week 17, they play the Falcons, who stink. That's a pretty clear win. The Saints have two very clear wins and one close game. For the Vikings, they have two pretty clear losses and one pretty clear win. And with the Eagles, they have one pretty clear win, one pretty clear loss, and one close game. Now, if you want to rewind the podcast to to re-listen to what I just said, feel free. Now, Andrew, that is a ton about the NFC. Again, I project the 49ers will get the first wild card and the Saints will get the second. Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to say about the NFC before we move on to the AFC? I mean, yeah, I, I think the Saints are a safe bet. I mean, I feel like the Eagles, as you said, I feel like each, I feel like that the Eagles and the Vikings, they each have one game against their best team in their division, one game against a pretty bad team in the division, and one game that's going to be a tough one. For the Vikings, they're not projected to win, and for the Eagles, they couldn't even beat their division winner, to be honest. Now, you might say, Vikings, wait, they beat the Packers. Why don't they beat them again? But Ryan, in that game, everything was going for the Vikings. But Ryan, one thing, one thing that could, in my opinion, possibly save our season is if the Cardinals lose, the Bucks lose, the Rams lose, and the Cowboys lose, all lose this week. If so, Ryan, I think that would give the Packers clinch the number one seed. And as you said, if the Rams lose, that would mean the Vikings beat them, which would get the Vikings closer to making the playoffs. And as I'm guessing you're going here, the Packers would have nothing to play for. Exactly. And if they have nothing to play for, the Vikings are going to swoop in and say, oh, we need this win, we need this win. And they're going to say, well, I don't care what what happens to you. I just don't want anyone to get injured like Rodgers, who's been injured this entire season. So I wouldn't be too surprised. They maybe run the ball. They... Don't play him the whole game. I don't know. That's my hope. That's what I'm cheering for. But outside of that, Ryan, we got to look at the AFC playoff picture. Ryan, when we look at the AFC playoff picture, we see some extremely close races. Okay? Ryan, first, let's look at the division winners. Okay? Ryan, there is only... Ryan, if we... Let's start with the AFC West and the AFC South. In the AFC South, the Titans are are one and a half games after their win on Thursday night over over their team that they beat. And, Ryan, now they get to play the courts. Ryan, they beat the 49ers on Thursday night. They are one and a half games over the courts right now. So if the courts lose against the Cardinals, then, you know, it might be over. And the Titans might have clinched their division, which I have to say would be very surprising since they obviously don't have Derrick Henry, but you know what? Once they get to the playoffs, maybe he'll be back. Maybe something lucky will happen. So that division, I think the Titans are going to get that first place, which then leaves the Colts in a big game this week against the Cardinals that is almost a must win. Then when we look at the AFC West, the Chiefs, who are two games above the chart, who are two games ahead of the Chargers, I think we can all say that the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, and I see them definitely winning their division. I don't know about the one seed or whatever. I think they can get the one seed, but at 10-4, that's absolutely no guarantee. Ryan, let's look at the NFC East where we see, at the AFC East where we see the Patriots who are only one game above the Bills. Ryan, the Patriots have lost two of their last three games, and I have to say this team is slipping a lot. I'm not saying the Bills are going to come out and win the division, but the Patriots, they should be a little worried. Right now, they're 9-5. Yes, they are still the 2-seed. But Ryan, teams who are the 11 seed are only two games behind them. Ryan, this AFC is insane with how many teams are 7-7 seven and seven or better. I mean, even the Dolphins, who are in third place in their division, are 7-7. Seven and seven. 
line. The Broncos, remember them from being 3-0 and in Week 3? Yeah, they're 7-7 right now, and they're in last place in the AFC West. Right in the AFC West, all four teams are 7-7 or better. In the AFC North, all teams are 7-8 or better after the Browns lost. Before, before Saturday, they were all 7-7. Seven seven. Fine, we had two divisions where every single team was at 500. That is insane, and all of the teams couldn't make the playoffs. But Ryan, let's look at some of my predictions, okay? Let's say the Chiefs and Patriots win their division, okay? That's two teams out of seven, gone, okay? Let's say the Titans also win their division because they're 10-5, and five, so that's three teams, okay? Then, Ryan, let's take a look at the Bills' schedule because they're 8-6. Ryan, the Bills, they get the Patriots, which is a probably going to be a loss, in my opinion, because last game... It was weird, and it was all just about who could run the football, and I don't know. But I think the Patriots are going to win. And then they get the Falcons, which is a win, and then they get the Jets, which is a probable win. So they are going 2-1. and one. Okay? Now, let's look at the Dolphins. Okay? We know they got the Saints first week from looking at the NFC. Then they get the Titans. That's a loss. The Patriots, that's probably another loss. So right, I'm going, Dolphins are going 0-3. So right now, I think I'm pretty safe bet to put the Bills in my playoff picture as I'd say the top wild card, or maybe the second top. Ryan, the Colts, we know they get the Cardinals this week, but then they get the Raiders, that's a probable win. Then they get the Jaguars, that's also a probable win. This game against the Cardinals, this is going to be huge. But to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the Colts, and I really don't see them coming up. So that's two teams that are A and six. Ryan, let's look at the ba- let's look at the Bengals and the Ravens. Ryan, they're both A and six. And they play each other this week. And but the Bengals, they have to play the Chiefs. And they have to play the Browns. But in my opinion, I think whoever is going to win this game, Bengals, Ravens, that team is going to win the division. The other one is going to miss the playoffs entirely. That's my prediction. So that wrap would wrap up the fourth division in the AFC. But Ryan, Lamar Jackson, he's nowhere to be found. Ryan, he is not even traveling with the team this week, which probes him to be ineligible for the game. So Ryan, you might say, okay, Tyler Huntley, you know, he almost did it last week. Uh, against the Packers, but Ryan, Tyler Huntley's got COVID now, and he's in COVID protocols, so Ryan, do we even know who's starting for the Ravens? It looks like it's going to be Josh Johnson, Ryan, is that Joe Johnson, the former NBA player, we actually talk about in a minute, but Ryan, if this Ravens team is starting Josh Johnson against the Bengals, I do not know how this guy is going to do, I do not see good things for the Ravens' future, Ryan, I'm sorry for the Ravens, but I do not see this coming to a good for them, which is very good for the Bengals. Ryan, let's look at the Chargers real fast as my final team is 8-6. Ryan, they got the Texans, they got the Broncos, they got the Raiders. I, in my opinion, I think the Chargers are going to be the seventh and final team to make it in the AFC. So let's just recap. In the AFC, my seven teams are the Patriots win their division, Chiefs win their division, uh, Bengals win their division, and Titans win their division. My wild cards are the Bills, the Chargers, and then a little big, but I think the courts can do it. Ryan, I think the courts can pull it off, possibly going 3-0, maybe just 2-1 is needed. So that's my prediction for the AFC. Ryan, we've been talking about it all year, all year with the MVP conversation. Ryan, my guy was Brady. I'm not going to lie, after about week four or five, I said, you know what, Brady's going to win this. He's going to be taking it home. People are going to hate it, but you know he's going to win. Brian, last week, what he did against the Saints, he got shut out. Brian, is he still the front runner, or did someone else pass him? Andrew, Tom Brady has been passed. The new leader, last year's MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And this is an absolute shocker. Last year's MVP, Aaron Rodgers, has taken first place. In the MVP conversation. Andrew, what this guy has been doing this year is absolutely insane. I mean, the statistics this guy's put up. Just yesterday, he passed Brett Favre's all-time Packers passing touchdown record. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does it all. This guy is the best quarterback in the league. He is doing insane this year. And yes, he is the front runner for MVP. And he is definitely my pick for the MVP award now. Especially because Tom Brady... He doesn't have Chris Godwin. He won't have Mike Evans this week. Probably not next week. It's going to be really tough for him if he wants to be able to put an MVP run together this late in the season, which is absolutely crazy. Now, 
Andrew, if you had to pick one player in the league that's not a quarterback to win the MVP, who do you think it would be and why? I mean, Ryan, I think it has to be Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it, I feel like it has to be either him, Cooper Cup, or Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams, don't get me wrong, he's been insane, but I just feel like Jonathan Taylor, what he has done for this course team, he has pulled them out of nowhere. Cooper Cup, he has Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is having an MVP caliber season. Now, I'm not going to say he's the MVP because there are about four or five quarterbacks that, to be honest, are definitely better than him this season and for a while. But Matthew Stafford, he is doing insane. And don't get me wrong, Cooper Cup is still, at least this season, playing like the best wide receiver. But Matthew Stafford is playing a big part in that and revamping his career out in Los Angeles. So, Ryan, I got to go with Jonathan Taylor. He has almost nothing around him. He is leading that team to a playoffs, as I predicted. Not to say Carson Wentz, don't get me wrong, he's not playing terribly, but he's not playing at an MVP level like Stafford or Rodgers is with those wide receivers and running backs. So Jonathan Taylor is my offense, is my offensive player of the year. I wouldn't say MVP. Ryan, I think it might be Rodgers, but I also say, watch Kyler Murray. I know you always say, no, Kyler Murray. Yeah. But Ryan, what he has been doing for that Cardinals team, I understand they blow a lot of games, like especially against the Lions. That's just terrible. But still insane what he is doing out there in, in Arizona, just running all through everywhere. Ryan, let's move on to the NBA. Ryan, the NBA is getting insane. Ryan, in the West, we still see the top two teams. We still see the Warriors and the Suns. Ryan, all I see just every day is the Warriors and the Suns. Which team is better? Which team is better? I don't know. Ryan, we've seen them play three times in the last two weeks. And to be honest, I think it has to be the Warriors. I mean, don't get me wrong, this Suns team, they're a very good team. And I think they should be the second or third best team in the league behind maybe the Nets. And as I said, the Warriors. But you know what? This Warriors team, people are already saying when Clay comes back, watch out, uh, Clay is so good. Brian, to be honest, they might not even need Clay. Now, I don't know. I'm going to watch myself. And I'm going to say, they do need Clay. Because don't get me wrong, this Warriors team is phenomenal. But in my opinion, I don't know if they can keep it up. Now, I completely agree that Stephen Curry should be the MVP, and he's playing like it. Brian, alongside of him is Jordan Poole and Juan Toscano Anderson and Gary Payton Jr. and Draymond Green, who are all good, but they're all role players. The Suns, to be honest, Devin Booker, he's playing like a superstar. Chris Paul is playing an MVP level. DeAndre Ayn playing very well. Michael Bridges, boy, is he looking really good. And I'm not saying that the Warriors don't have anyone besides Devin Curry. I mean, guys have really stepped up. There's, there's no difference about that. But I just feel like, I feel like this team needs something. And Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, that's going to be huge. Ryan, Clay Thompson, people are saying he might be here by, by Christmas. It's Christmas. And I don't see Clay Thompson on the court. People keep on pushing back as a turn. And Ryan, I said to you about a couple hours ago, I got a bad feeling that Clay Thompson's going to be out for a while. I don't know. I just feel like what's going on in the situation, about how much they're saying, and how like a month ago he was shoot, he was making like 33s in a row. I just don't understand how you can do that and not be okay. Ryan, you obviously have a different opinion. Tell me what that is. Well, Andrew, I actually do have a differing opinion. Andrew, my opinion on this matter is that there's no rush. There is no rush to get Clay Thompson back. Andrew, as you were saying, they have barely anyone very talented playing right now. I mean, you look at this team. Yes, obviously, they have Stephen Curry. He's probably the best player in the league right now. But looking past that, their second best player, they don't even have a single all-star. There's teams like the Nets, who have three all-stars when everyone's healthy. There's teams like the Lakers, where they could easily have three all-stars when everyone's healthy. And Andrew, when you look at the team... I mean, when you look at the Warriors, their second-best player, mate, I guess is Draymond Green. He's not even close to the All-Star game. And just as you were saying, they are the best team in the league. Andrew, if you were an NBA coach, and we were just talking about this with the NFL, if your team is doing very well, if tell me, if you're a coach and you are the best team in the league and you have someone that could come back and might help a little bit, but has a big risk of re-injuring a very large injury, you would not be very smart to play them a lot. And that's exactly what's going on with the Warriors. They are by far the best team in the league right now. They're blowing out 
easy opponents. They're blowing out good opponents. This team is just playing insanely well right now. I mean, there really is no reason to rush Clay Thompson back. What's going on right now? Now, that's what's going on right now. If you look a month forward, and maybe they go maybe 500, or maybe they win a couple more than they lose, then yeah, maybe you're starting to say, all right, Clay, let's start. Let's start moving. Hopefully, we can get you back in a week or so. But right now, there is no rush. Let him go through because in the playoffs, when they have to play good team after good team after good team, I'm guessing you'd rather have a Clay Thompson who's well-rested, who is hungry to dominate, rather than one who is not there because he re-injured his injury or because he just doesn't have the stamina because he was out for so much because he played for so much of the season. Now, again, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if that's what's specifically happening. But again, there's no rush right now for the Warriors. Andrew, in the Western Conference, again, I think it's kind of interesting that there's a lot of injuries in the conference right now. I mean, you look at Carnathy Towns. You look at Anthony Edwards. You look at Damian Lillard. You look at Jamal Murray. You look at Kevin Porter Jr. You look at a lot of different guys that are injured right now in this conference. I don't know if I can really gauge a great look at who the best teams are. But I feel like we're starting to see that it's coming down to the Warriors and the Suns. And when we look at the Eastern, when we look at the Western Conference, I think we see another really big storyline going on. And as I said, it's another injury. Andrew, Paul George got very badly injured for the Clippers, and he could miss around a month. He's projected to miss a couple of weeks. Andrew, that is really going to hurt the team if he's not able to play a lot for them. Because already we are saying their depth isn't great. And then they lost Kawhi Leonard. So we said they might have the worst depth in the league. And then they lost Paul George. Andrew, when you look at the Clippers roster, this might be the least depth-filled roster in the league. I mean, look at horrible teams like the Pistons. They have at least three guys who I think are better than the third-best player on the Clippers. I mean, come on. The Clippers need to get some better players, especially now that they are struggling with injuries. But Andrew... Another really big storyline is right now the 4C in the Grizzlies. Andrew, although this team has struggled a little bit of late, they're still playing. They're still winning 57% of their games at 19 and 14 as of yesterday. Andrew, it is all thanks to the absolutely stellar play of John Moran, averaging 23 points per game. Andrew, you also see Dylan Brooks. Last year, this guy was averaging, what, 10, 11 points? Andrew. He's averaging 19 points. You see Jared Jackson Jr., who last year played, what, five, six games and averaged, like, five, six points? The man is averaging 16 points per game. Desmond Bain? This guy is in his second year. He didn't even start last year. I don't even know if he's barely started this year. He is averaging 16.4 points per game. Andrew, what is going on with this team? This is absolutely crazy. I mean... Andrew, do you think this is just beginner's luck? Are they just getting some lucky games? I mean, this Grizzlies team could be for real. And I mean, I hate to say it, but when you look at teams like the Warriors or the Suns, some of their better players are in their final seasons, like Chris Paul or Stephen Curry might be hanging them up soon. But Andrew, with the Grizzlies, I can't see a guy on this roster that will retire maybe in the next decade. Well, Ryan, first off, Stephen Adams is definitely. But Ryan, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a 2022 version of the 2021 Knicks. And Ryan, last year people were saying, how is this Knicks team so good? How? I mean, yeah, Joyce Randall's playing well, and they had a couple of decent role players, but how? Ryan, I think of this Grizzlies team, they're well coached, and they play good defense. Ryan, Desmond Bain, one thing that people loved about him coming out of college is they said his defense is phenomenal. And Ryan, that big man duo of Adams and Jackson... And Brooks, also what, small forward, Ryan, none of those guys are averaging 25 points a game, but they are all averaging at least 1.5 or 1.5 blocks a game. 1.5 steals, 1.5 blocks. And Ryan, this team is shutting teams down on defense. I mean, it's just a nightmare to play for these very good players, and they just really do not want to play them. But Ryan, let's look a little bit farther down in the conference. Ryan, I was thinking about what teams were or am I thinking, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. You got the Warriors, the Suns, and the Jazz, teams who are definitely going to make it. I'd say, at this point, so far, even with the injuries, you got to count in both LA teams. I mean, the Lakers and the Clippers, 
I mean, they're the four and the they're the five and the six seed. I feel like Nikola Jokic has got to do some. But then, Ryan, right there, that only leaves four spots left, two real spots in the playoffs. Right now, the Grizzlies hold one, and the Mavericks hold one. Ryan, do you think that these teams are really above the Timberwolves, the Spurs, and the Blazers? Or, Ryan, do you think that the... Ryan, let me before my card. Do you think the Blazers should be ashamed of themselves for being the 11 seed? I mean, I know that Damian Lillard had some throws in the offseason, and there have been injuries all around the world with them, especially in Damian Lillard. But, Ryan, this team, last for the last, I think, five, six seasons, they've made the playoffs. And, I mean, this year, even with the play-in tournament, I'm saying for the Tim Moose, can you at least make it there? But, Ryan, this Portland team, they make the playoffs. They have to at least make the play-in. Ryan, is a Blazers player, what is going through your mind right now? Yeah, I mean, Andrew, I think, as you were saying, it's just disappointment. I mean, maybe not in this team. I mean, when you look at a team with Damon Lillard and C.J. McCollum and a couple of other decent players, you don't really expect to be more than back at the end of the playoffs. But again, I mean, speaking on a long, very, very long-term standpoint, the Blazers have got to be fed up with this. I mean, they've made the playoffs, what, six, seven years in a row? And they've never made it even to the Western Conference Finals? Very few years have they even made it to the second round? I mean... That just has to be heartbreaking. I mean, come on. This team needs a win. They've drafted a lot of new guys. They've had a lot of different coaches. And just nothing is seem, nothing seems to be working for this team right now. I mean, it's really tough. I mean, you want to say they got to get young, more young talent. You want to say they got to mesh together better. But, I mean, it's just tough. And this team is right now on the outside looking in. They've got a lot of work to do this year if they want to make a real run at the playoffs. Now, Andrew, again... Not huge news with the NBA, but two long NBA veterans who are both very, very old players are both have both re-signed back into the NBA after a very long time outside of it. And the Lakers signed back one of the best point guards we've seen in the past decade, Isaiah Thomas, from free agency to a 10-day contract. And the Celtics also signed one of the most clutch NBA players of all time. He's not a very good NBA player, but Andrew, the man hit Eight buzzer beaters in NBA history, which is some of the most of all time. And that is Joe Johnson. Now you're saying, what in the world are you talking about? I'm an NBA fan and I've never heard of these guys. And that makes sense. Unless you're over the age of 20, you've probably never heard of Isaiah Thomas. Or unless you're a really big um, NBA fan. Because he is an old guy. I believe he's already into his mid-30s. And you've got to be a really big and a really old NBA fan if you remember Joe Johnson. My goodness. Andrew, this guy, when you look at players in the NBA right now, you see guys below 20. Well, Andrew, he's not below 20. He's not below 30. He's not even below 40. Andrew, Joe Johnson is the second oldest player in the, in the NBA right now and the oldest NBA player to step on the court this entire season at 40 years old. Andrew, he will be turning 41 in about half the year. This is insane. He's insanely loud. It really doesn't mean nothing. He's not very good. He's on the Celtics. They just need some depth help. But, Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to say about the NBA before we move on to some college basketball? I mean, Ryan, just real fast, let's look at the Eastern Conference for a second. Ryan, the Nets, I'd say they might be pulling away. Ryan, Kevin Durant, this team has had Kyrie, who, Ryan, interesting news, he came back. Ryan Kyrie is back now. Yes, he's not playing in games that happen in New York, so he can't play in his home stadium. But Ryan, he walks in and he says, Hey, it's good to be back. And someone goes, Hey, Kyrie, Kyrie. He tested positive for COVID. So he's gone for at least two or three weeks or so. So not going to talk about him. But Ryan, Kevin Durant, he's just playing out of his mind. MVP Cowboy player, MVP favorite. And Ryan, I think that is why the Nets are doing so well. To be honest, James Harden, he's been all right. He has been amazing. He also had that COVID scare for about the last month. But you know what? He's just coming back. And him and Kevin Durant and possibly Kyrie Irving, that team is going to be unstoppable. They're 21-9 right now, best team in the East by four one-and-a-half games. And should be a good season. Ryan, not close behind, we see the Bucks and the Bulls. Ryan, I say this Bucks team... When they got Drew Holiday and Chris Milton and Giannis, I said, they could play 3v5. 
like, to be honest, like, I would have them. I think that is the best trio in the league. And you can tell me that the Nets are better than the Lakers and whoever in the Jazz and the Warriors and the Suns. But Ryan, the way this Milwaukee Bucks trio plays together, how they all have different strengths and weaknesses, Ryan, it's just insane. There is no better trio. And I have to say, I wouldn't say this Bucks trio go down in history with the Dwayne, LeBron, and Bosch, or the Alan Garnett and uh, Pierce, or MJ Pippen and Ryman, or anything like that. Brian, I have to say, since 2020, which is obviously the new decade, I, in my opinion, this has been the best trio. But moving on from my rant, Ryan, let's look at the Eastern Conference on the back half. Ryan, the 4v5 matchup, which was the Knicks and the Hawks, Ryan, people are so excited about these two teams, they put a Christmas Day matchup. Brian, these two teams are also out of the playing game. Ryan, tell me in 20 words or less, Ryan, the Hawks are the 11th seed, the Knicks are the 12th seed. What is going wrong for these two teams, and why aren't we seeing them higher in the playoffs? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, starting with the Knicks, I think just partly people are figuring them out. They're figuring out that they can't score a lot of points, so they're going to try to run up the score. They're going to try to take a lot of threes, make the Knicks take a lot of shots, and just try to run up the score. And Andrew, on the Hawks side, I think it's got to be injuries. I mean, Trey Young's missed a lot of games. They've games. They've had a lot of guys miss time. And again, I think it's just getting back into a rhythm, getting their five starters on the court together. Not even five, just a couple guys together. I mean, this team's really struggled with injuries. I think that is key. Wow, Andrew, we've been talking for already 37 minutes. We have to move on to college basketball. Andrew, again, there's still a couple of really good undefeated teams left. But Andrew, one team that is not undefeated right now that I wouldn't say struggling, but I wouldn't say he's doing that well, is Andrew... The Gonzaga Bulldogs. I mean, coming into the season, there were real considerations that they could go undefeated and win the championship. I mean, they have two projected top five players in Drew Timmy and Chad Holmgren. Drew Timmy's been very good. Now, Andrew Chad Holmgren, I wouldn't say he's been bad, but he definitely hasn't been good. I mean, Andrew, coming into this year, he a lot of people thought he could go 20 and 15, he could go 20 and 20. And what I mean by that is how many points he averages per game and how many rebounds he averages per game. It's again, he's a seven-foot big man who can shoot the ball. But Andrew, he's averaging 13 points per game, which isn't that good. He's averaging eight rebounds per game. Now again, this isn't horrible, but Andrew, do you think this team will be able to make a deep run if Chad Holmgren isn't carrying them? I mean, to be honest, if it's not on him... Then Drew Timmy, his guy, pick up a bunch of slack. And I'm saying that he doesn't deserve that. When you got the number one player in the country at Chad Holmgren, if he's going to go number one overall, he's got to be playing phenomenal in college. I mean, don't get me wrong. High school is huge for a lot of NBA players, especially the ones who are one and done, like Zion or Barrett or, I don't know, a bunch of guys who only played one year in college. And to be frank, were not the best player in the country. But because of what they did in high school, and how they were the number one or number two crew in the entire country. Yeah, you know what? Maybe they will be the number one pick. And you know what? Maybe there will be a bust. But you know what? You got to perform in college. Because that's a higher level. And if you're not going to perform in college, you're not going to perform in the pros. So that's why it's important. Just keep on performing at a higher level every game. Ryan, let's talk about college football real fast. Ryan, college football, we haven't seen any huge bowl games. Ryan, we just are so excited for the national championship game. And sorry, Ryan, the playoff, the college football playoffs, Ryan, by the next time we talk to you, I believe the games will have already happened. Yeah, they will, because a week from today, which is the 26th, will be already into uh, January, and they happen on New Year's Eve. So, yeah. But, Ryan, we'll be in between the playoffs and the championship game, so we'll be talking about that. Ryan, I think I already know your opinions, but, Ryan... Real fast, let's take a quick, quick look at the mock draft for the NFL. Ryan, just give me a prediction. What do you think should be the top three picks if, let's say, the teams are, which they are right now, the Jaguars, the Lions, and then the Texans? Ryan? Yeah, Andrew, I mean, again, when you look at it, there's been a lot of talk about who is going to be at the top. But, Andrew, I think right now it's between Kevon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchison. And, Andrew, you never want to say it's going to come down to the playoffs. Because Aiden Hutchison is in the playoffs and Kamon Thibodeau's team is not. But Andrew, I just think what Aiden Hutchison is going to do with almost everyone, every college football fan watching him and every NFL scout watching him, what he's going to do is going to be so impressive. 
I think Aiden Hutchison is going to end up going number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, just the things he does to wreck the game is just incredible. I think he's got to go number one. Whatever happens with him, come on, Thibodeau will be right behind him or right in front of him. I think those are those two are the pretty clear, undisputed number one and two pick. And number three, Andrew, I mean, I think it matters on the team. I mean, the Texans, they basically need every, anything. So if they're looking for the best player, I think it's pretty clearly Kyle Hamilton safety out of Notre Dame. I mean, this guy just was the anchor to their defense the whole year. When you look at number four, Andrew, this would be way too far for LSU safety cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. to fall. I mean, in 2019, when he was a freshman, he was just absolutely insane. Like, it was insane how well he was. Nobody could believe this guy and how incredible he really played. And then, when you look at number five, I mean, I think it's going to be close. But with the Giants, again, this team needs all the offensive line help they can get. I've got to go with Evan Neal, offensive lineman out of Alabama. I mean, the incredible job this guy did, 6'7", 350 pounds. This guy was absolutely incredible. I love this guy. Andrew, the Giants could have another pick after that. We'll see what they do. But again, in the top five, I think it's got to be, in no particular order, Evan Neal, Derek Stingley Jr., Kyle Hamilton, Aiden Hutchison, and Kavon Thibodeau. Now, I'm not exactly sure on the order, but we will talk more about that. We have a very, very, very long time. But what we don't have a long time to talk about is the college football playoffs is, again, just reminding for the billionth time, Alabama versus Cincinnati and Georgia versus Michigan. Andrew, I feel like I've been talking a lot about this matchup over the last couple weeks, but I don't know if we've really heard that much from you about what's going to happen in these two prime time games. Ryan, I felt like I've been talking way too much, but if you want me to talk some more, I won't argue with that, Ryan. Alabama versus Cincinnati, not going to lie, people are kind of writing Cincinnati off. And you know what? I try not to be one of those guys. I tr- when I look at a game, I try not to say the bad team's going to win. Now, yeah, when I look at the NFL, I basically say that because there's so many teams and there's so many games that you just say, eh? like when the Lions beat the Cardinals. You didn't make a huge fuss. You said, it's an off game. Yeah, there's only 17, but you know what? There's still 17 whole games you got to play for. You can't have your entire season on one game. Brian, with this... It is basically one game. And then if you win that one, you get one more. So, Ryan, I would say for Cincinnati, I'm not saying they're going to win by any means. I'm just saying, watch out. I'm saying there could be some trick plays. I'm saying there could be some screens, and we could see some big runs for them. I'm just saying, watch out. This team is way too good than people give them credit for. All they see is that record of, wow, they went 13-0. It didn't play anyone good. Ryan, this team beat Notre Dame. This team beat the top safety in the country. This team beat a genius play caller in Brian Kelly. They beat a pretty good score, uh, school consistently in Notre Dame. They were still the five seat. People forget that even though Notre Dame didn't make the college football players, they're still an incredibly good team that Cincinnati did beat. So don't write off Cincinnati. I, my prediction is still Alabama. But don't write them off. Ryan, in the other game, Georgia-Michigan. I've been thinking about this for so long. And I think I have a good answer. Ryan, I got to go Georgia. Ryan, just like thinking in your head right now, what is Michigan's goal on the first day of every year? I'd say their goal is to go win, win the Big Ten. And you know how to win the Big Ten? You got to beat Ohio State. That's the only way to do it. You can't do it without beating Ohio State. And you know what? They did it. They did it. Congratulations, Michigan. You won the Big Ten. You beat Ohio State. You should be super happy. Okay, great. But wait. We're in the college football playoffs. We still got more games. Ryan, it looks like Michigan already won, got its goal. Now, don't get me wrong. There's always room for improvement. But when you're planning for one thing your entire season and you finally get it, your eyes aren't set forward. You aren't looking so far in advanced. So that's why, in my opinion, Let's look at Georgia's goal. Okay, their goal was to beat Alabama and to beat them. And Ryan, they had everything going for them. They're the number one seed. They had a chance to kick Alabama out of the playoffs. They had a chance to get an easy number one seed, get Cincinnati in the first round, maybe even Oklahoma State if things around differently. But Ryan, they didn't do that. And they were so disappointed. But Ryan, they get a second chance. 
they get a second chance to play against Alabama. But the only way to do that, the only way, is by beating Michigan. They have one game, and then they get their revenge. They just have to get past Michigan. And that's been their goal the entire season, to play Alabama and to win. To win against Alabama. And they now get that chance. And to be honest, I don't think they're going to blow the opportunity to get revenge. Now, I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama. That's story for next week. Brian, I just think that Georgia is going to do everything they possibly can to get to play their rival and then to beat their rival a couple of days later. So that's why I got to go with Georgia. I also just think their rushing defense is a little better than the Son Haskins. He's a phenomenal running back. Probably the best in the country, to be honest. But you know what? Those Georgia defensive linemen, those Georgia linebackers, heck, I would be scared. Sometimes I'm scared even to watch those guys. I mean, they're just in saying that front line, in my opinion, by far the best in, in college football. Should be a great matchup, but I see Georgia coming down on top. Ryan, as you always say, we've been talking for way too long, but whatever. So, Ryan, quickly, let's talk about some Minnesota sports. Ryan, I'm talking about the Vikings a lot. Ryan, I think... We agree on one thing. We have to beat the Rams. If we don't beat the Rams, our season's over. To be honest, the Saints, they could already go 3-0. Which would mean that we had to beat the Packers and the Rams and the Bears. Which is basically impossible in its own. But you know what? Maybe we get lucky. Maybe they lose to the Dolphins. Maybe they even lose to the Falcons and the Panthers. I don't know. Maybe the Eagles lose and maybe even the Niners lose. And then we get to 60. I don't know. So, Ryan, let's keep up hope. But I think we agree. We just have to beat the Rams. And to be honest, this is probably our biggest game in the year. We have to win this game or else our season is basically over. Ryan, with the Timberwolves, some surprising good news. We're actually the 11th seed in the playoffs. Now, you might say, why is that good news? Tell me why that's good news. Ryan, right now, we are one game out. Actually, I think we're the 9th seed. Yeah, I think we are. So, Ryan, we're in the playing tournament. And you know what? That'd be great if we got the nine seed. But, Ryan, we are only half a game back from the Lakers. Ryan, I know the Lakers aren't having the amazing season they hope for, but if we are one game behind the Lakers, that would be a dream come true for me as a Tim Wolves fan. To be honest, if the Tim Wolves can just hold this position, pull out a couple good wins, beat a couple teams... But, Ryan, it's so hard because just injuries and COVID. Ryan, Anthony Edwards got, or was in COVID protocols for the last week, and hopefully he returns soon. But, Ryan, now Carl Anthony Towns is in COVID protocols. Without him, we're nothing. Okay, boy, still got D'Angelo Russell. Oh, wait, D'Angelo Russell's injured. Ryan, Ryan is telling me he's also in COVID protocols. Ryan, this is just terrible. To be honest, if we can pull out maybe... Two out of every five games until these guys come back. That would be good. But to be honest with the Timberwolves, we just have a tendency of slipping. And slipping so far that at a certain point, we just can't come back. So as Timberwolves, we just got to stall. Stall until our guys come back. But you know what? We're terrible at that. So let's just move on. Ryan, let's get to the birthday of the day. Ryan, today, the birthday of the day is Mike Miner. Ryan, Mike Miner is an MLB pitcher who's had a really, really weird career. He's had 200 strikeout seasons, and he's had 14 strikeout seasons. That wasn't even because of injury. Ryan, in one year, he was a candidate for the Cy Young. And last year, he played on four different teams who all seem to want to put him down the minus at the same time. But Ryan, when he was um, in his, M- his Cy Young caliber season, and on his way to getting 200 strikeouts, Ryan... He really wanted his 200 strikeout. Like, that was huge for him in that game, in that last batter. So, Ryan, he was pitching, and it was the last batter of the game. It was, I don't know, bottom of the ninth. He had two outs, and he had to get one more. And he just had to get, he was a 199. So, he steps up, and he throws hope in for the K. But, oh, the guy pops it up. The guy... Pops it up. So he is... Ah, damn it. Not going to get it. He goes over. And he goes, wait. What if I drop it? Another guy has to come up to bat. So he drops the pop five. Which, to be honest, 
is probably dumb. Because he should probably not get it. But you know what? The guy gets on base. Next guy, he strikes him out. He gets a 200. Mike Minor, I don't know. Why would you do that? I'm sure your coach was very upset with you. But you know what? I, you probably won the game. Congratulations, Mike Minor. On whatever you did, hopefully you don't get cut tomorrow. Happy birthday, Mike Minor. Ryan, around, the, around sports, there has been not a ton of news. But Ryan, something that has been huge is we saw the Pro Bowl rosters come out. Ryan, maybe we'll talk about it next week about who's a snub and who they got wrong. But Ryan, real fast, I'm just going to read some of the top guys who made it. Ryan, first off, in the NFC, we see Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray as the quarterbacks, Diamond Cook, James Conner, and Alan Kamara as the running backs. The wide receivers are Cooper Cup, Devonta Adams, Justin Jefferson, and Devo Samuel. The tight ends are George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. The offensive the offensive linemen are Trent Williams, Tristan Wurst, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Brandon Sheriff, Ali Marpet, Jason Kelsey, and Ryan Johnson. The fullback is Kyle Juszczyk. Basically, no surprises there. Defense is Nick Bosa, Brian Burns, Cam Jordan, Aaron Donald, Jonathan Allen, Kenny Clark. Linebackers are Chandler Jones, Robert Quinch, Keel Bear, uh, Michael Parsons, Bobby Wagner. The secondary is Trevon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Slay, Marshall Lattimore, Quandre Diggs, Booty Baker, and Harrison Smith. Some special teamers are Josh Harris, Brian Anger, Matt Gay, Jakeem Grant, and JT Gray Ryan. On the AFC side, we see Justin Herbert, Patrick Holmes, Lamar Jackson as the quarterbacks, Jonathan Taran, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon as the running backs. The wide receivers are Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Devon Diggs, and Keenan Allen. The tight ends are Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. Kind of surprised with no Waller. The old linemen are Sean Slater, Orlando Brown, Dion Dawkins, Quentin Nelson, Joel Betonio, White Teller, Corey Lindsley, and Ryan Kelly. The fullback is Patrick Ricard. Some of the defense is uh, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Trey Hendrickson, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Matt Judon, Darius Leonard, Denzel Perryman, JC Jackson, Xavier Howard, Denzel Ward, Kenny Moore, Kevin Byard, Derwin James, and Tyron Matthews. Some of the special teams are Luke Rhodes, AJ Cole, Justin Tucker, Devin Duvernay, and Matthew Slater. Rao. That's a lot, guys. But, Ryan, I just cannot wait for this NFL season. Now, I'm not saying I can't wait for it to end. But, Ryan, the playoffs, oh, my God, they're going to be exciting. Ryan, I've been re-watching all playoff games just to get myself excited. And I feel like, to be honest, these next two and a half weeks, they almost feel like the playoffs. Because almost every single game, besides whoever the Lions are playing, has playoff implications. And the winner... Oh, they're going to make the pass and the loser. Oh, it's all over. So, if I were you, it doesn't matter if you're watching all season. But now is really the time to watch. Cheer for your favorite team. But especially, cheer for the Vikings. Ryan, next week, we'll know who's in the college football championship game. Ryan, finally, we'll see Georgia, Michigan, Georgia, Michigan. But as I said, watch Alabama, Cincinnati. That should still be a good game. Still be a very good game, but a lot of NFL games are going to be super good. Ryan, next week, we'll have all the information. Know who's going to play on Monday in the national championship game. NFL, the playoffs should be a little more simpler, but probably not. Ryan, next week on Twin Talk MN.